0: I, too, am very grateful for our pianist. Boy, it sounds so much better. We've got a piano playing when we're trying to sing, doesn't it? All right, turn your Bibles, please, to the book of uh, Revelation and chapter 2, please. Revelation chapter 2, there is an insert in the prayer sheet. If you did not get one, hold your hand up. Phil, bring it to you right where you're at. Uh, prayer sheet with the handout for our study tonight on Revelation chapters 2 and chapters 3. If you don't get to hold your hand up high, he's just looking for someone. He can't wait to hand them out, so he's just looking for a hand to go up. Way up front here is one here. Brother Lou right here needs one. All right, chapters 2 and chapter 3 are seven letters from the Lord Jesus Christ to seven churches. We're going to look at those uh, overall view of them this, this, this evening. Then next week, we're going to look at them individually. But look at the names of these seven churches. We already covered them. Then we're going to come together. Look in chapter 1, if we would please. In verse 11, it tells John that this book that he's writing, the book of Revelation, was to be given to these seven churches. Revelation chapter 1, verse 11. Then we will go to our notes. Revelation 1, 11, it says, saying, Jesus speaking here, said, I am the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book, the book of Revelation, and send it unto the what? The seven churches, which are in Asia. He mentions them here. Ephesus, Smyrna, unto Pergamus, Thyatira, unto Sardis, unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Now go to chapter 2, please. Chapter 2. And here we have the seven letters mentioned here in chapter 2 and chapter 3 to each of these individual churches. Look in chapter 2, verse 1. We'll see the very first letter. It says, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus. Now, you're going to notice in each one of them, it says, unto the angel. Now, it is believed it's not talking about the angelic being like, like a Gabriel or Michael. The word angel literally means messenger. So it's believed this letter is written to the pastor, the one who delivers the messages to the church. So look what it says in verse 1 of chapter 2, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus. Skip down to verse 8, please. Unto the angel of the church in Smyrna. Look over to chapter uh, 2, verse 12. Unto the angel of the church of Pergamos. Then chapter 2, verse 18. Unto the angel of the church of Thyatira. Now, chapter 3, verse 1, unto the angel in the church of Sardis, look down to verse 7, unto the angel of the church of Philadelphia, then lastly in verse 14 of chapter 3, unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. These are the seven churches. We're going to look at them individually starting next week. but I'd like to look at an overview of all the churches and get an idea of what these books are about. So look at your notes there, please. And first of all, we will talking about four applications of Christ's letters to the seven churches of Asia. We're going to look at those four applications. The contents of the letter, number, letter A, they're messages to historical churches. These are literal messages to historical churches. There are churches that existed in the time when John wrote this book. These are literal historical churches. Each letter was written to a historical and local church in the first century. And we saw in Revelation chapter 1, verse 19, the outline of Revelation. If you notice again on the notes there, it says, The things which I have seen, chapter 1. Chapter 2, the things which are. That's chapter 2 and 3, talking about the seven churches. The number 3, the things which shall be hereafter, chapters 4 through 22. So tonight we begin talking about the things which are presently at the time when John wrote this. So they are messages to historical churches that were existing in the time when John wrote the book. Letter B, they're also messages to churches of the present. There's messages in these uh, letters to us today. Each letter constitutes a message to similar churches today. Someone said all scripture may not be written to us, but all scripture is written for us. I hope you fill in those blanks there. He said, Pastor, this is written to the church of Ephesus. No, it may not be written to us. It definitely is written for us. So these are messages to historical churches that existed when John wrote these book, but also the messages to churches today. So when we cover each one of these individually, there's messages for you and I today. We're going to find out in our study of the seven churches. And let her see, there's messages to individual believers messages in this to individual believers there are exhortations to persons or groups in churches that are messages intended individuals today the same problems they face back then we face in a church today what are these problems let's go through them quickly and we'll look at the verses just have the reference there first of all there's a danger of losing our first love Danger of losing our first love. Look in chapter 2, verse 4. This was the problem in the church of Ephesus. A danger of losing our first love. Chapter 2, verse 4. Nevertheless, I have someone against thee, because thou hast left thy first what? Love. Now, what was that first love? Come back next week. We'll find out. (laughs) We're going to focus on that church next Wednesday night. Number two, the second message to the second church A being afraid of suffering. How many of you enjoy suffering? I don't think anybody does. That's something we're probably all afraid of. But chapter 2, verse 10, is a message to that second church. Chapter 2, verse 10. It says, Fear none of these things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried. Ye shall have tribulation ten days, be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. So the message there is uh, being afraid of suffering. Letter, number three, the third message for individual believers is doctrinal defection. Doctrinal defection. As a pastor of many years, I've seen many Christians defect from sound doctrine in the Bible. In fact, many churches today are getting away from fundamental teachings of God's word. Look in chapter 2, verse 14, please. Chapter 2, verse 14. But I have a few things against thee, Christ says to this church, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine, there's that word, of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things, sacrifice idols, and to commit fornication. In verse 15 so hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Now, what are do these doctrines? You have to come back to find out what they are when we cover that, uh, that particular church. But that church had a problem of defecting from sound doctrine. And that is so true by many believers even today. Number four, the fourth message to individual believers is Moral departure. Moral departure. We see so many Christians today getting caught up in sexual sins and moral immorality. And it's just so popular today. And even though this was years ago that Christ was speaking to the church, it is true also today. Chapter 2, verse 20. Look what it says. Chapter 2, verse 20. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which called herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit what? fornication and to eat things, sacrificed to idols. So there was an individual person in this church that were seducing people to be involved in morality. And by the way, so much of television is seducing people to immorality today, is it not? So moral departure, there are many individual believers that have a problem with moral departure. Number five, the fifth message today found in these churches is spiritual deadness. Spiritual deadness. Chapter 3 verse 1. It said unto the angel of the church of Sardis write. These things saith he that hath seven spirits of God. And the seven stars I know thy works. Thou hast a name that liveth and art. What? Dead. Be watchful. And strengthen the things which remain. That are ready. uh, That are ready to, uh, to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. So this church had a problem with spiritualness. Have you ever been to a spiritually dead church? It just go there, it's just like an icebox, just cold and indifferent to things of God. Though they gather together and worship with such spiritual deadness. And there's a message for that church today. Number six. The third message for today, individual believers, is not holding fast. Not holding holding fast, chapter 3, verse 11. To this individual church, Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. So they had a problem with not holding fast to the sound doctrine, to things that are true, the relationship with God, and things were slipping away in their Christian life. Many believers need that message for today. And number seven, the last message for individual believers is probably very common today, is spiritual lukewarmness. Spiritual lukewarmness. Look in chapter 3, verse 15. Speaking to this body of believers in Laodicea, Christ said, I know thy works. Thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm... And neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my what? Mouth. Just a quick little fun time here. Uh, this, how are you doing spiritually tonight? On a scale of one to ten, one being cold, indifferent, can care less about the things of God, and ten being hot on fire like the Apostle Paul, just your heart beats for souls, your heart beats for the things of God, where would you put yourself in that number of one to ten? Uh, probably, many of us probably say, Well, I'm not cold. I'm definitely not hot. But maybe right in the middle, maybe like a four or six. Where would you put yourself tonight in that, in that graph? And uh, you say, oh, Well, maybe around a four, five, six, maybe a seven. And notice these people were right there too. They weren't cold. They weren't hot. They were what? Lukewarm. And what does God think of spiritual lukewarm Christians? In verse 16, so then, because thou art neither lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, so because you're lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. The word spew, you what know that word spew means? It means the vomit. Our lukewarmness nauseates God. You know, wait a minute, Pastor. Uh, lukewarmness is better than being cold, isn't it? No. Jesus said, I'd rather you be cold or hot instead of lukewarm. So many Christians, the church today, among many believers, is they're spiritually lukewarm. That's a message we're going to get to and later on and in, in study a, a church Laodicea, Laodicea. Letter D, the, the fourth, uh, talking about the representative of these churches, the churches represent, first of all, the periods of time in church history. The periods of time in church history. Remember, these are messages to historical churches of John's day, messages to churches that are present today, messages to individual believers today. And lastly, each church represents a period of time in church history. Some believe that the order of seven churches follows the order of various areas in church history from the first century until now. In fact, when you study these churches, these parallel with church history from the first century until now. Number one, the letter to Ephesus provides a good picture of the spirituality, uh, spiritually powerful apostolic church of the first century. Again, the church, the letter to Ephesus provides a good picture Of the spirituality powerful apostolic church of the first century. Number two, the church to Smyrna. This covers the martyr period of the church, the second and third centuries, during the various which various Roman rulers persecuted Christians. We know during the first second century Rome persecuted Christians, and the Church of Smyrna covers uh, the characteristics of that time period. We're going to cover that when we get there. Number three. The letter to Pergamus pictures the corruption of Christian testimony through the uniting of the church and state under Constantine during the 4th and 5th centuries. So Constantine, a ruler of Rome, who claimed to get saved, and he united the church and the state together, and it brought spiritual devastation to the church. And the church of Pergamus parallels that time period when that under the time of Constantine. Number four, the letter to Thyatira deals with a period of the Dark Ages, from the sixth through the fifteenth century. The Dark Ages in church history. The Church of Thyatira parallels the problems in that church with the problems of the Body of Christ during the sixth through the fifteenth century. Number five, the letter to Sardis describes for the rise and development of the finally, and finally of the corruption of Protestantism, the Reformation which was a powerful movement in its beginning, did not maintain a strong spiritual emphasis indefinitely, and churches began to go wayward. So the letter to Sardis pictures this time period of the Reformation until it became dead again. Letter G. Speaking of two churches, the letters to Philadelphia and Laodicea Picture church conditions running side by side preceding the rapture of the church. By the way, that refers to us. The body of Christ that precedes the rapture of the church. How many of the rapture is coming soon? And so these two two churches picture the time period in which we live. Philadelphia illustrates the spiritual church. And Laodicea illustrates the carnal church. Boy, these two words to pick so many churches today, the spiritual church and the carnal church. Thus, the conditions pictured by these two churches can be easily discerned in Christianity today in many denominations and even local churches. So we'll, when we study each one of these churches, we'll see that they represent church history and time and era of church during, throughout church history. All right, number two. Roman number two. Let's look at each one of these churches. Again, these are our overview of each of the churches. And what we'll do is when we finish this, next week we'll look at the church of Ephesus and we'll take our time and look at the verse-by-verse of Christ's letter to this church in Ephesus. The letters to to the churches. The book of Revelation was written specifically to seven churches in Asia Minor. Each one of these churches had a specific message from the Lord. Each church had areas of weakness and strength. These churches paralleled the trend of Christianity throughout history. These churches also parallel the churches we have today. They also parallel Christians that are are in the churches. So as we cover these, maybe you think of your, look at your own life. In each church, Christ brought a commendation, what they were doing right, and a condemnation, what they were doing wrong. I think I shared with you last week, if the Lord would write a church to the First Baptist of Land of Lakes, what would he say good about us? What would he say bad about us? Uh, we don't know. We haven't got the letter yet. <laughs> but these, again, are letters, each one of them. So let's look at letter A, the Ephesus was the apostolic church. The church during the time of the apostles, Ephesus was the apostolic church. In Revelation 2, 1 through 7, several things there. Number one, they withstood evil. We're going to find he commended them because they took a stand against evil in their day. Number two, they withstood false teachers. There was a lot of false teaching that paralleled the teaching of the apostles. And the church of Ephesus took a strong stand against false teaching and teachers. Number three. The third thing about Ephesus church, they labored for the Lord. They were busy serving the Lord. They labored for the Lord. But the condemnation of the church of Ephesus, they were not serving out of love. Remember, he said they lost their first love. That was the criticism the Lord gave the church. They were doing a lot of things right. Withstood evil, withstood false teachers, they labored for the Lord, they were busy serving the Lord, but they were not serving the right motive. The message for that church returned to good works motivated by love. I find many times in my own life, I'm motivated by duty. It's the right thing to do, so I'll just do it. And sometimes I don't find a bunch of love in the process of doing it. How about you? Do you find you do a lot of things? I go to church because I a good Christian does that, not necessarily because I love it, <laughs> but uh, that was where these Christians were at. Number letter B, the second church. Again, this is overview of the church, and we're going to look at them individually. Smyrna was the persecuted church. Smyrna was the persecuted church. Revelation chapter two verse eight through eleven. What I encourage you to do is maybe read through these individually. This week, and we'll get to them uh, later on. The thing, first of all, they were in tribulation. They went through a lot of persecution. This was a time when Rome persecuted Christians. Remember, Nero had a garden that was world-renowned. People come from all over the world to see Nero's garden. Beautiful. And at nighttime, he didn't have electricity. You know how he lit up his gardens? He took Christians he arrested. Hung them on a pole, soaked them with oil, and lit them on fire. He used Christians as human torches to light his garden for people to see. This happened also. Remember that time they would put Christians out in the arena and bring in wild lions and feed them to the lions. This is what Rome did to the church. And so this was the persecuted church. They were in tribulation. Number two, they were poor and rich both physically poor and rich characterized the church of samarna Number three, there were many around them that were evil. Sound like today, does it not? There were many around them that were evil. They were living in evil times and during the persecuted church. And number four, am I going too fast? Number four, they will continue to go through persecution. That wasn't too encouraging, was it? <laughs> they were in tribulation, and the Lord says, hang in there because it's not over yet. How many believe that if the Lord tarries, we will go through persecution? And we see the way our country and our society looks upon Christianity and our beliefs and what we hold true and dear as, as uh, wrong and just something hated. And if the Lord tarries, I think it's a matter of time that we may go through some kind of persecution. And the message to the church of Smyrna is be faithful unto the end and you will receive a crown of life. So they're going through persecution and God says, hang in there, be faithful unto the end. Maybe you're at a workplace that you're being persecuted. Maybe you're at home and among other family members are persecuting you. There's a message there for you. Hang in there. Don't give up. Don't quit. And one day you'll be rewarded for it. Let C, see. The third church we're going to look at is the Pergamos, the worldly church. Pergamus, the worldly church. Well, that sounds like today, doesn't it? Revelation chapter 2, verses 12 through 17 is a message to the church of Pergamos. Number one, they were not in the best situation. It explains that in the book, which we'll get to. They were not in the best situation. Number two, they were not worshiping the Lord correctly. They were busy with worship, but it was not biblical or correct worship. It's not like so much of the music today in many churches. They use the music of the world to try to worship the holy God of heaven. And so they're not worshiping the Lord correctly. Number three. They held the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. They held the doctrine. Remember, their problems was doctrinal defection. They held the doctrine. And said, what was that, pastor? You have to wait and see. <laughs> we'll cover that in detail when we cover their study on the church of Pergamus. And the message to them was repent or else the Lord will come and judge you. Change your mind. About what you're doing, and involved in, or else the Lord will come and judge you. That's the message to the Church of Pergamos. Letter D. Letter D. Thyatira. The fourth church is called the pagan church. The pagan church is Revelation chapter two, verse eighteen through twenty-nine. Notice the commendation. First of all, they did many good works for the Lord. That's commendable, is it not? They did many good works for the Lord. Number two, however, they let false teachers into the church. They let false teachers into the church. One thing a pastor is responsible for is the teaching in that church. And and, uh, so here he's speaking to the church of Thyatira, and he's condemning the pastor for letting false teachers in that church. Number three, they were not changing their minds about their actions. They were involved with things, doing wrong, actions of allowing false teachers in the church, and were not changing their mind about that. They would continue to do so, even though the Lord condemned them for doing so. They were not changing their minds about their actions of letting false teachers into the church. And the message of the church of Thyatira is repent of having false teachers and doing evil deeds among them. The message of the church authority was repent of having false teachers and doing evil deeds among them. Letter E, letter E, the fifth church, the church of Sardis was called the Reformation Church because they uh, depict the era of the Reformation period. Number one, they did many good works, but were not perfect. They did many good things, but yet they still lack some things in their lives, what he's saying there. Number two, they are told to watch for what the Lord will teach them. That's a good commendation, isn't it? Watch. Every time you come to church, you ought to watch what the Lord wants to teach you. Maybe tonight, watch what the Lord's trying to teach you through these messages. Number three, there were a few around who did not partake in evil deeds. In other words, there were some that were faithful. Many of them were doing wrong, some were doing right. Which one are you, are you tonight? Are you in doing things that are wrong nobody knows about? Or are you being faithful and serving the Lord when everybody else around you is doing wrong? The message to the church of Sardis. Receive the things they have heard and repent in the areas where needed. So receive the things they have heard. We're going to cover that when we cover the letter to Sardis. And repent in the areas where needed. All right, letter F. The fifth, I'm sorry, the sixth church. We're just about done for tonight. Philadelphia. Philadelphia is the missionary church. Philadelphia is the missionary church. It says, number one, he commended them, they have kept his word. That's a commendable thing, is it not? They've kept, they were obedient to the word of God. Number two, they did not deny his name. Or well, so many in churches at that time were denying the Lord, denying his name. The church of Philadelphia did not do that. The message to the church of Philadelphia, hold fast your faith that no man can take your crown. Hold fast your faith. No man will take your reward, basically there. And lastly, that energy. And again, we'll go through these quickly because these are just an overview of each church. I hope you'll write them down. And then we'll look at each church individually. Next week, if the Lord allows us, we'll spend the whole time, focus on one church, the church of Ephesus. So, in letter G, the last one, the church of Laodicea, was called the ecumenical church. Sound familiar today? Ecumenical church. Revelation 3, verse 14 through 22. Here's some God's criticism. They are neither cold nor hot. They were not spiritually cold. They were not indifferent to the things of God. Neither were they hot on fire for the things of God. Chances are in our group here tonight, if we're honest, we may find ourselves right here. Number two, they have believed the lie. They thought they were right with God and they were not. They thought they were right with God. That's not in your notes, but they believed that the lie was. They thought that everything was fine with their lives, but they were not. Number three, God rebukes those that he loves. He rebukes them. He chastens them because he loves them. We're going to find that out in our study of that particular letter. And lastly, the message to the church Laodicea is open the door of your church for Jesus to come in. Open the door of the church for the, Jesus come in. How many know that it said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock? If any man hear my voice, I open Open the door. I will come in to him and sup with him and have uh, him with me. That's not a salvation verse. It's a church, it's a letter to the church of Laodicea. These Christians got so busy doing the work of the Lord, they forgot the Lord of the work. And the Lord is outside the church wanting to come in and fellowship with them. So let's close with this. If you take an honest look at your life, you may see that your life may parallel one of these churches mentioned here tonight. We all have strengths and weaknesses that are common to other believers. The Lord gave the message to these churches, a message that would be good for you and I to heed today. So please come back next week. We want to look at chapter 2, verse 1. The Message Unto the Angel of the Church of Ephesus. We're going to look at that in detail next week and hopefully gather some great truths we can apply to our lives. It's 8.03. Let's bow together, please. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for the messages given to the seven churches that existed in the time period of the Apostle John. And Lord, this message is for us today. I pray, Father, we would this week read over to the letter to the Church of Ephesus, read it every day this week. And then next Wednesday night, we can look at it together and find out the message that you had for them. And Lord, find out what message you may have for us as a church, as a First Baptist church, as an individual in the Church of First Baptist. Lord, speak to us through the word even this week. For Christ's name we pray, amen.